everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk episode 622. We had a bit of a break last week. Oh, we just sort of felt like it was it was the right thing to do uh, while everybody could think about uh, maybe go to their rooms and think about how they were behaving around the world. There was a lot of uh, stuff that uh, anyway, it was it was in solidarity for the pause for Tuesday and the sort of Black Lives Matter thing. I'm not going to go into the politics of it all because I know everybody gets very worked up about that sort of thing. But uh, that's why we weren't here last week. We're here this week. Uh, hello to everybody. We've got our folks in the YouTube chat room and also in the IRC. Hi, everybody. Uh, so uh, welcome. This is the podcast to do with music technology. Uh, we talk about uh, synthesizers, production, studio stuff, live stuff, all those less of that around. Uh, and sort of also a bit of live streaming and that kind of thing now because there's uh, a lot more of that going on and there seems to be a shift in the sort of skill set that the musician has to do. In fact, if we go to Gaz Williams first, uh, or maybe Gaz Williams first, I might actually get my... Uh, oh, that doesn't seem to be the right... Uh, the right thing at all. Gaz, how are you doing? I need to change... Oh, there he is. For some reason, it's all right this time. Gaz. Again, uh, yes. Uh, you've just done the, the VR1, the Roland VR1, which we know you've been using and you use well, so we're going to show that in a little bit. So we'll maybe oh maybe revisit that. But how are you, Gaz? Are you well? I, I I guess so. I'm Yeah, I mean, I've been pretty busy. I mean, like doing this review of the Switcher, and there's another Switcher as well, uh, Really interesting, as you say. You know, it is something that we have to embrace. You know, whether we, kind of whether we like it or not, or we'll be left out in the cold. And it's, um, I mean, for me, it's been an enormous learning curve. Uh, I've always, like, I've avoided Eurorack until recently. I've avoided cameras as well. Again, seeing it's one of these things. God, and you know what? There is this thing, isn't there? I've I've had that for years. When people start talking cameras and lenses, yeah, just, I, go, I zone out. I zone out. I'm like, oh yeah. my god, this is so boring. And then I having that realization that that's what I sound like to other people. <laughs> When I talk about music tech stuff, well, or just, well, we'll just when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure that's not true. But anyway, um, thanks for joining us, Gaz. Uh, Gaz, actually, you've got a show tonight, which you can plug a little bit later on. I think you've got okay, one tonight. Yeah, uh, I have. We have, okay. Well, uh, we've also got Mr. Matthew Hodson, the Maths, 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 who's over there in, Hello. in the studio. How are you? Oh, you've got a bit zippy uh, USB kind of stuff, but I just, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with it. Oh, I can swap my camera around in a second if you want. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, that's I'm it. all right. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, uh, yeah we've got yeah, a bit of zipper noise on the USB. On, right? it's, getting, it's doing that robotic thing where it's uh, like oh, a sample rate okay. mismatch. Uh, of course, Matt has been uh, you know, educating, streaming stuff online. I get, how, are, you get, are you getting ready to go back to college? I mean, is that all happening or are you going to do it all remotely? No, we've just finished. We've just finished all our teaching now. Um, I've got the brilliant time now where I sit down and actually mark all the students' work, which is ace, because it's just great to see what they're actually finally submitting after, uh, you know, a year of hard work and stuff. So we've we've been doing a lot of online teaching in the same way that Gaz has had a mad um, lesson in cameras and stuff. We've, we've jumped right at the deep end, and we've been doing a lot of online delivery and embracing loads of new technology, um, to make sure that we can give students a really great experience with uh, with music production and delivery online. It's been absolutely crazy, but the students have loved it. And actually, in some ways, we've had more students attending lessons because 
well, they don't have to get dressed. Computer. They don't have to get. They don't have to come to school. Yeah. Um, yeah. Matt, I, I, if I could ask you to maybe reconnect, uh, it sounds like there's a bit of audio business going. On. It sounds like it could be the USB. But also, while you do that, we'll say hello to Mister um, Yoad Nevo, who's there in Nevo Sound. Uh, Yoad, of course, music production, uh, remixing, mixing, excellent mixing work, I have to say, and uh, of course. Waves developing, product developing waves. In fact, we shot another one in our How It Works series. I'll leave it as that, and uh, but that will be coming up sometime in the near future. How mm-hmm. are you, Yoad? You well? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Good to be here again. Excellent. Well, you're most welcome. And uh, I guess I always sort of feel like asking everybody how lockdown's going, but I, it all looks kind of, everything looks ship shape and uh, standard, so you just continuing to roll on and, and do what you do, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Most, like I said many times before, most of, most of my work is is remotely, uh, remote mixing anyway. So um, yeah, so I managed to keep keep on doing what I do, which is great. I feel very Excellent. lucky. Excellent. Well, uh, lovely to have everybody. So um, there's uh, well, there's a few. There's a bit of news. Um, I think let's let's see where the first. Oh yeah, this was really interesting. This is uh, Steinberg's uh, Backbone, which is basically a new plugin for drum synthesis. Uh, I, they haven't actually got a promo video of it. We, we we may well take a look at it ourselves, but it looks extremely powerful. And there's some really good videos, but they're very long form. So I found the one which kind of explained what it was. Uh, by this guy called Dash Glitch. This just explains what it is. So let's play that and then we can have a... What's up, YouTube? Today we are looking at a new plugin that's just come out. It's called Backbone by Steinberg, the creators of Cubase. So it's a very interesting take on a sampler. It's sort of not your average kind of multi-sample sampler for instruments and that kind of stuff. It's more developed for layering, you know, more percussive stuff like that. But it's got some pretty interesting stuff in here for sound design and creating synths and sound effects and that kind of stuff. So I kind of want to outline everything in this video from creating kick drums to actual percussions and also some more experimental type of stuff that you can do with it. Uh, I want to show you guys the capability. Yeah, like I said, I haven't found, there isn't a sort of video that Mm. says, this is what it is, check out all of these, and it would have taken me ages to edit something together. But essentially, uh, let me see if I can find the sort of screen. This is the screen of it. It's two channels of, there's resynthesis, pitch synthesis, filter, and amplitude. But it does some really interesting and powerful stuff. There's a really good video, uh, well, there are several good videos. Uh, Dom Sigalas, who's one of the Yamaha slash Steinberg product specialists, he's done some good stuff on it. And it just, it sounds really good from what I can tell. It's VST. Uh, I believe is it AU as well. I should have probably checked that. It's probably going to be VST. Obviously, you could grab. Let me see. Where's the system requirements? I should really. Yeah, system requirements. Let's have a look at this. Yeah, uh, VST three uh, and also AU and AAX. So it's all the all the usual suspects. But it sounds good. Now, I mean, I don't know who goes first when it comes to sort of. Uh, finding unique and interesting drum sounds. Well, Gaz has got his hand up, so there we go. I, I have got my hand up because I'm very interested in this. What we're going to do uh, as soon as lockdown allows, um, uh, a friend of mine, his he bought he bought himself a V-drums before, well, actually, he's the drummer in my band in Asteroid Deluxe. He bought himself a V-drum kit just before lockdown or knowing as lockdown was coming, he thought he'd just get his v, V-drum set up. And um, so we've been talking now about... Uh, 
him playing a whole bunch of um, drum synths. Uh, and I thought, I'm just really, really interested to see how, you know, electronic drums. I, I mean, we're going to try it with my uh, Vamona DRM, having him play that from the V, uh, the v drum kit. But when I saw this, because I was thinking about, I was looking for uh, modeling, drum modeling um, yeah. plugin. I know IK Multimedia have got one as well, haven't they? Um, but this one, it just goes so deep. Uh, I'm just really interested to see how it will react to being played like a drum kit, though. You know, I think it's uh, that that's my that's the thing I'm super interested in at the moment. So this is this is good timing for me. Uh, I think, it, yeah, I think it's uh, it's two layers, isn't it? So I don't know how it is. You'd have to set up presumably multiple channels with it to be able to get it yeah. to do that. Uh, if you're looking at for drum sources, uh, I have to sort of put a shout in <laughs> for the Pulsar 23, which oh, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure Matt will uh, will concur with that. I've been having a lot of fun with that. In fact, I should plug our review. I posted it on Monday, the Pulsar 23 review. Everybody seemed to to, to enjoy it. So uh, um, I'm wondering whether or not to do some more how-tos and stuff. But, yeah, it's an interesting concept, the, I, the, the synthesis thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Can I ask a question quickly about that Pulsar, though? Does it Can you can you trigger the, the sounds from MIDI? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, MIDI can. or triggers, uh, gates. Oh, um, you can only record into the CV recorders via those little touch posts, though. There's no, uh, oh no, those are the touch posts, the, the sort of pads yeah, at the bottom of each thing. That's the yeah. only thing I will say, which would be nice to, but, but you, what you could do is you could record like a MIDI loop. I've been using it with the, uh, mm. the Keystep Pro there, which is great because you could get a pattern and then you can sort of overdub in the CV recorders that are also clocked. There's oh. just so many different ways of doing it. And then you can also just have clock dividers and, 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 and like run 16ths or 8ths or whatever into the individual triggers. So there's loads of ways to do it. But back to backbone. Um, yeah, I know you're, you're always, I mean, one, a man in your position is always looking for unique and unusual sounds. I mean, this sounds mm -hmm. like it's got probably way sound. more than you need for just, you know, your average kick drum, but. Yeah, but the, the sound of it, from what I could tell from the videos is is really amazing and um from what i can i could gather the what they call resynthesis is actually a granular engine which has uh, an interesting kind of comb filtery smoothing qualities to it which makes it sound a bit kind of metallic which seems to to work in context and uh, so it, it looks very interesting it sounds really good uh it's a it seems like a nice um tool for sound design as well as triggering drums so it's it's a you know you can trigger drums although i don't think you can map like a whole kick no, or no, no, you know, a whole drum up it, it's it's more like sound design and controls and stuff i was i was quite blown away by the the sound quality of that it I know what you mean. Really, it's, really I, I was hearing, you know, we, we've banged on about how native instrument libraries just have a certain something about them. And there was an element of that kind of like wow factor, but that all that extra depth and width. So maybe, yeah, maybe you're right with that in terms mm -hmm. of what we've heard. Um, I don't know, but I, I think, you know, I, I think drum synthesis is a very interesting area uh, of of synthesis because it's it's very specific but you given the right engine you can do some amazing things i mean I'm, you'll know this matt i mean you know you do it all the time i'm sure but it looks right, cool yeah. cool you could even run it in bitwig yeah exactly you could and um in fact what's quite a, what with drum synthesis usually you'd start off with your oscillator and then you apply a pitch envelope to it so you've got you can you can play around with the attack and decay obviously and all that kind of stuff what's interesting about this from steinberg is that you can actually sample audio into it and apply that same envelope, pitch envelope, to 
audio samples. Yeah. And that's that's what really differentiated it for me from any sort of drum synthesis stuff out there. Because I'm not, unless anyone else knows, but I don't know of any anything else that does that. So in one of the videos, for example, they sample a classic um, drum machine, take a kick drum, put it into this piece of software, and then apply some new... Um, pitch envelope to it and they're able to elongate the sound and they're able to pitch it up and down in interesting ways and that's what really stood out to me about it i think um, uh, yoad has his hand up he may be about to correct you <laughs> uh, uh, no not to correct but to uh, to maybe elaborate uh, i think that m mostly basically any sampler can do pitch envelope on drum samples like e EXS or, you know, contact and all those. But the problem with drum samples is always that they're too short. And then by the time you get the pitch envelope going, the sound is over, especially since the pitch envelope is based on sample rate conversion. So if you want to pitch it up, it means that it becomes shorter. Shorter, yeah. So right. there goes your sound before it even begun. Uh, and with this uh, granular um, engine, you can, you know, kind of loop the sound and make it as long as as you like and then apply the pitch envelope to it so that makes that makes a difference i think that Matt yeah was talking i mean about what's interesting i mean there's a demo i forget there's a, actually if we go to the website there's some really good demos here um what's the guy reset the size drum sound i'm just looking for the chap who did one yeah the sound designer the sound designer guy and he was using it for yeah. just some really interesting textures and evolving sounds and pitch mm -hmm. stuff but where you've just got a kind of impact at the beginning and then it's and particularly Evolves. with symbols the resynthesis of symbols together with pitch stuff just sounded amazing I mean, well, well worth checking out if you go to uh, steinberg.net or it says new.steinberg.net slash backbone I've, i think i posted the link in the show notes uh which should show up in the the chat playback but i'll put it in there again just in case uh, everybody needs to to refer back just to as it. you were, you was mentioning about um just bitwig then one of the things that i've been doing actually with their sampler in there is you is putting any samples into it sometimes one shots of, of drums and there's a there's a button you just click and it freezes the playhead of the sampler wherever you want it to almost like you do in a granular um engine or something like that and then you you can then just essentially turn it into uh turn on the polyphony and start playing chords with any sound mm. that you've got in there and it's in its one button and you just, and it's ready to go and that that's that was really killer when i discovered that yeah i think there's probably similar stuff in backbone i mean like i say i, I have got a code and we may get around to looking at it it just seems to be from a sort of dearth of nothing while everybody sort of went oh my god what's happening in the world now suddenly everybody's just kind of going here do you want to review this do you want to review this just tons of it coming everybody's that exhaled and started you know doing what they do but yeah it's well worth checking out i think it's on special offer at the moment uh let's have a look what uh, what is it it's uh, 128 quid so i don't know if it's special offer or mm. that's just it but that doesn't seem you know i mean it's not outrageous i mean so depending it, on I, i'm you know because the thing i'm thinking about having you know a real drummer playing i'm thinking also about something like this is like the bot pad by um keith mcmillan something like yeah. that would be really cool because you know so you're not having to set up a whole drum kit but just essentially playing a single pad and but that can have uh expressivity in yeah it. Um, yeah 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 I just kind of wonder when you see, because I, I think one of the things about drums when, you know, I've been playing in bands all my life, um, when you play with a drummer, it's loud. You know, the drums are always really, really loud. And you never, ever play with drums that loud in the studio uh, with electronic drums. Um, 
And I'm just kind of curious about uh, how loud, you know, when you, you know, like if you were to play electronic drums as loud as it would be for a, a an acoustic drum kit, just how different the the experience of it. Well, I mean, there's. I don't think you could ever replicate the speed of, because even the if you've got transient. a speaker, the transient is going to be, you know, a couple of wave cycles away from the real thing. I mean, uh, but you see those, uh, I think Roland do them, there's these massive wedges for sort of electric drum kits that are just like, mm-hmm. it's like a 15 and a top end and you, you crank them and you point them at yourself. So this, but it is very different because you don't get the smack. You're going to get a little bit of a delay from the from actually the real thing of, you know, large, hairy person hitting uh, <laughs> hitting a drum skin six feet from your head, you know. So I suppose that, that there will be a difference, but... But by the same token, drum synthesizers and what can make completely different sounds that you wouldn't be yeah, hearing in, the, in 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 the same way that uh, the the loudness of of a drum kit is what led to the invention of electric guitar in the yeah. early twentieth century. You know, maybe that would lead to to other inventions. I think it's already is. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's very true. I wonder. I mean, I wonder if there's because I suppose if you're using uh, in ears and subs, the transients would be a bit quicker, wouldn't they? Because you're not moving so much air. I don't know if there's any, or whether it's just a physical limitation of an A to D and a D to A, and then an amplifier, and then all the things. And the coil and the moving a moving coil. Yeah, but I suppose if you if you've got an in ear, you've got the coil is tiny, tiny, or even piezoelectric, so there's there's less start up time, presumably. I don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's an interesting thought. I haven't really kind of Mm. thought about that before. But yeah, check it out. Maybe maybe if you go if you go uh, like to a very high place, like up on the mountains where the where the air is thinner, then it will (laughs) presumably move quicker. (laughs) There could be vacuum based rehearsal studios coming up. I mean, I guess it would probably work for uh, for quarantine. So you could have quarantine based vacuum rehearsal studios where they're sort of clean rooms, but they're clean in terms of atmospheric interference as well. So you get the pure thing. But we're starting to get into the kind of special kind of copper and crystals for mains for hi-fi sort of world there, aren't we? So we've got to be pretty careful about that sort of thing but yeah check it out the steinberg uh what's it um so there's another one here so this was uh, as we know i've got one of these here actually so this is my uh i don't have the minlog xd anymore but i do have the korg uh, what is this one actually it's the nts one did oh i just noticed this this has got the serial number six i wonder if that's actually real wow. or whether that's just oh that's exciting i feel kind of somehow privileged uh, but yeah so uh, as we know there, there's there's i think it's only like 32k of memory to work your sort of c code and algorithmic magic in terms of either an oscillator or effect slots and uh there uh the com- company ham and eggs hammond eggs which is of a wordplay on breakfast um obviously uh they've just released a video which i'll play if i got that I, I, actually it's here uh, which I found this on Uto- uh, Synthetopia. Uh, you have to excuse all the ads there for uh, steering parts because uh, my partner's car broke down and I had to order a new steering column <laughs> for it. <laughs> so that's why. Thank goodness I wasn't looking for something else. Hey, eh? but anyway, let's have the video. So uh, this is and this is again just a really simple single simple saw. This is the Minilog XD, which has the same technology. You can do it on the. I think you can do it on the. What's the other one? King? Is it the King Korg? The Prolog. Prologue, Prologue, I beg your pardon, yes. So this is just wet reverb. And this is my kind of world, you know, really. I like this kind of thing. A 
bit of modulation. My lord. So this is kind of prototype. It's called, that looks like it's called Soup 2, the algorithm. Sorry, I, it's the sort of thing that I, when I say I won't play the whole video, I'm kind of tempted to play the whole video just because it's taking me off into this world. But it sounds incredibly clear. What, what this is really interesting uh, for me, we're starting to get into the sort of nitty gritty because, I mean, it almost like, you know, in the same way that NASA had to write code amazingly efficiently to fit into the computers that they were using that were kind of almost generations behind what was currently available because it's tried and tested technology, they wouldn't want to put anything else up there. The idea is now that, you know, there are people who are getting the skill sets to write these incredible algorithms and this incredible kind of creativity in very tiny, efficient bursts of code. And so this, this kind of represents quite a number of interesting things to me. I mean, I'm going to basically get that as soon as they release it and put it in here because this, as you know, I think is a great uh, system. Uh, Yard, we were talking before you came on, you're asking me to measure my uh, mini log because you, you, you are, uh, as, you know, are you thinking of going XD and, and getting this just specifically for this and other just kind of to, algorithms? To fit, to fit in this space, yeah. Wow, um, now look at that. That'd be a, so that's, that's a, so we're talking about, you know, I don't know what this is likely to cost. I mean, they don't cost much, these algorithms, but, you know, almost for the purpose, you're going to cut a hole in your knee and replace your centre section based on the recommendation. <laughs> of code. So, I mean, it kind of illustrates my point, really, that these code bases are really starting to get... I mean, how hard... You're, you know, you develop. So how hard is it to write these super efficient kind of uh, good-sounding algorithms? Um well luckily we we these days we don't have to deal with that as much as we used to before um so with waves we you know we started as um um making plugins for tdm for proto systems which were dsp based so uh, so so that was uh, they had very limited memory they had li very limited processing power so everything had to be optimized to to death um fixed point uh, mathematics and all that and and so these days we we feel much more um we have a lot of freedom when we create the plugins when we create the products and when we design them and we go for sound and we just throw everything in the pot and we get a great sounding product and then we think about how to optimize it yeah. Uh, but it, it, you know, it's nothing like the restrictions that we used to encounter uh, in the old days. Uh, so it's much more flexible in in that sense. Uh, the limitation, the thirty thirty two k limitation, uh, obviously reminds me of the the PC, the old PC days, where the DOS could only have six hundred and forty k of of memory, and then it was extended memory, and you had to write special instructions for that and things like that but also when we more related to to synths and stuff uh the wavetable the the waldorf um um you know wavetable which was a, a way of introducing pcm to an oscillator which right. these days it seems kind of obvious but um when it first came out in the 80s 
uh, it was quite a thing. And they had to, to squeeze like single cycles and things like that into wavetables. I don't remember what the memory limitation was on the whole kind of wavetable. Well, it was tiny. Um, yeah. And and yet they 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 managed to create some really really cool and advanced sounds for the time, which are still iconic and classic. Um, and I think that you know there's always something good about limitations because it it forces you to to really dig in and to optimize the hell out of whatever you're dealing with. And the same applies to you know, to the old Akai samples and to, and even these days to, to workstations, because in workstations you have, albeit it's a, it's a PC these days, so it doesn't really apply, but you still have a limited amount of space, amount of memory and storage space. Um, and you want to squeeze in as much as possible, like multi-sample yeah. pianos and things yeah, like that. Absolutely. And then you really work it and you really sound design, you, you, you work on the sound design to, to make it. So there's nothing wrong with, nothing bad about limitations. If anything, it kind of... Um, Forces a bit more know, creativity, and, I suppose. Yeah, suppose, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know, uh, Matt. I know you know you're a fan of that sort of big reverby wash as well as well as you know similar sounds that I enjoy. Absolutely. Uh, have you considered going for the uh, um, you know the the NTS one as a as a, an external effects processor yet? Not until now, but definitely <laughs> so. I mean, all of my effects processors in the studio, as I've said before. <coughs> are guitar foot pedals, which I'll just sit there. So I've got like the Strymon Blue Sky and. Uh, a couple of uh, echoes and that kind of thing. So I think this this will be great it just for that size and you're getting that, that sort of size of reverb out of it. Yeah, I'd definitely go for that easy wood. And also to take out when I'm gigging, playing live, that could easily sit on top of the modular case, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, the, the um, only thing you have to watch out for is mm. it's, got a, it's got a power down routine. And at the moment that can't be disabled. So it has to almost, it's kind of like Gaz's problem where, he had, where his camera's kept switching off after 30 minutes. This will even power if down. It's, even if it's powered externally and not Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, it will. Yeah. So that needs to be okay. that needs to be addressed. For, but it, it, I'm sure some bright spark will come up with it. I mean, much in the same way, yeah, I was talking about getting the XD to put in his center section and then maybe getting a, a, a kind of mod so that he can put an external input into it to access those effects as well. It, maybe that'll work. So, I know, uh, Gaz, um, you haven't done the NTS one yet, but I know you're you're beginning to uh, get into the world of modular, so it's only a matter of time, surely. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was thinking though just before when we were talking about um, optimizing things, and I wondered if anybody has ever done single samples or tiny made a whole orchestra in like a second you know just by taking all the waveforms of every instrument in an orchestra and just join them one just wow. like I mean, well, isn't, that, isn't, that what, isn't that what a sound font is effectively Oh. Um, not quite. This is this is wavetable. Wavetable oh, okay. is exactly that. You're taking a single yeah, cycle, yeah, yeah. cycles or a few cycles, and then you loop them. The only thing is that when you loop very short segments of audio, then the loop point has a frequency of its own. So the loop, the timing of the loop has a frequency of its own, which kind of modulates the yeah. the signal itself and you have some artifacts on the, whether you use if you're not using crossfades then you'll have kind of zipper yeah. thing which will have create a sawtooth modulator so 
So, Gaz, yeah. well, there's a challenge. Maybe we could uh, maybe we could hit that one out. We could we could actually uh, yeah. we could hit that one. And just say, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I've I've just brought up. The, the, I've been Hello. watching a lot of uh, um, network TV recently, and uh, uh, the Ranga Nation are <laughs> uh, people because. Uh, there's been a lot of people doing, uh, you know, Zoom, Zoom-based sort of chat shows, and most of them get it hopelessly wrong. And uh, Ranga Nation, which is a UK one, has got it really right. The timing, the audio, the participations. So I've been copying their shots. So I'm going for these uh, these split-screen um, shots. I haven't I used just, them yet. Yes. Something else has come to mind. Gaz was talking about composing, just shrink, shrinking all the sounds down to one sec- second. I'm pretty sure on YouTube uh, there's a video on there where someone's got every single Beatles song put them all back to back and then time stretched it down to a second and then composed a song just using that sample. So there's, they're writing a, a song using every Beatles song ever <laughs> recorded. Well, I wonder, I wonder um, if that can be commercially released because, well, you yeah, know, I wonder if the algorithm, you know, because it's the it actual masters of the, oh. of VMI. Yeah. The other thing that came to mind as well is working within confines is, of course, if you look back at the early Nintendo, Sega systems, Game Boys, when you've got um, you've got the programmers and the um, the composers working with such small amounts of memory, obviously you've got this kind of 8-bit uh, Game Boy sound kind of thing. But what they were able to do with essentially, I think, just square waves on and off um, at such low resolution, but they created such classic theme mm-hmm. tunes, you know, like the, everyone knows the Mario theme tune and what have you. I don't and, like uh, bits. I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm the sort of, I just hear that and I just go, what, what, yeah, what is yeah, it? I, know, I, I, know, just, I, I just yeah. like it. Really Modern chip tune music has definitely got it. It's got a, a required, a acquired taste, but, yeah. but I suppose those of us that grew up with playing Nintendo and all that, it's, it's that nostalgic, but they were great tunes. The Mario theme tunes, brilliant for what it is, for what written on such, and also yeah. like the sound and, effects, the jumping sound effects. And, and I have to, I have to add to that, that, you know, that most of these engines were actually monophonic. So it's like, it's like beatboxing, which is, wow. you can do one thing at a time. You know, so you could you you would play a bit of this square wave kind of tune, and then you would stop on the two and four to introduce this noisy snare, and so everything was like playing through one voice, which was jumping instructions and doing like uh, all these different things uh, hysterically. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. quite impressive. That, uh... Think you think you, you kids, you don't know what you've, you know, how easy you've got it, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> new tech is that that's Korg's like the term new tech, then that little thing is part of that, isn't it? And it, it, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it, uh, isn't it, doesn't it encompass the valve stuff they do as well? I, yeah, not... well, they've just released they've just released an overdrive pedal as well that has got the new tube, you know, that little kind of tube in a chip. Uh, but I believe it's got similar. It's it comes as a kit. It's like a an overdrive pedal it comes as a kit, but you can really tweak it. So I think it's it shares some of the same um, the same uh, new tech. Uh, uh, hold on, I'm just looking. I'm I'm, lo- I'm loading. Is this building the new tech OD kit? So up. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So you get well. That's that's pretty much hands on stuff, isn't it? Right there. Okay. Mm. If that's the same thing, what you're talking about, I'm not sure. I think it might be. You, you There's can, no tube um, in there, though. Oh, yes. Uh, is that the tube the new, there? It's a tube on a chip. It's called the, the tube new, there. New that might tube. be it. Oh, I can't see that. But, but yeah, they, uh, that. you can see another one, though, with a, with a, more, with a more professional livery, that a different 
Um, so maybe if you, yeah, yeah, I'm trying that's... to find it. Uh, I can't. Um, YouTube ODS one YouTube over. Oh, that's the wrong button. Yeah, this guy YouTube overdrive yeah. kit. Ah, okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Okay, um, so let's see what it's got. Have we got a picture of the that that I'm presuming that the, is it. the tube there. Yeah. yeah, it's still a tube, but it's a sort of different kind of tube. It's a tube on a chip. Tube on a chip. Yeah, interesting stuff. They've got some good tech there. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah. I mean the ham, the ham and the eggs music. Uh, we don't know when it's coming. We don't know how much it will be, but these generally don't cost an enormous amount of money. And I certainly will be sticking one into this uh, because it doesn't replace what's there. It will just give because I think there are sixteen effect slots. I don't know quite. I'm not quite sure how it works because I'm not a coder, but it. it because this was originally the development board for people to develop these kind of things, and this will, you know, this is sort of a spin off of that, which allows us to to run these things. In fact, I'm pretty sure I sent uh, the development board we got from uh, at Superbooth to one of the chatties. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Wagyu or I forget now, but I never heard back about whether or not it, it proved useful. Maybe he's he's developing stuff. I can't, uh, if it wasn't you, Wagyu, I do beg your pardon. Uh, right. Um, okay. Uh, we should probably take a quick sp uh, a quick break and we can uh, have a look. This is where we talk about the competition for uh, the Isotope Ozone 9. Building on a 17-year legacy in audio mastering, Ozone 9 brings balance to your mix with never-before-seen processing for low-end, real-time instrument separation, and lightning-fast workflows powered by machine learning. Expect lower CPU usage and shorter startup times with Ozone 9 compared to Ozone 8. Experience fluid metering in a fully resizable environment that lets you track the most subtle details of your audio. Use more plugins at once, mix while you master without worrying about slowdowns or dropouts. And immerse yourself in a smooth, modern experience designed to keep you in your creative flow. As you can see, Ozone 9 is the fastest way to get your master off the ground. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to check out our other videos and head to isotope.com to learn more about mixing and mastering and to download your free trial of Ozone 9. And of course, it's been a couple of weeks since uh, since we did a, one of these. So uh, we we had a slightly bumper crop of uh, select uh, of people who entered the competition from episode six one six two one, and the winner of that is somebody called. Matthias Leston, uh, at Matthias Leston, quarantine, so many tracks, so little mastering. So uh, that was for last week's co competition. So if you want to join uh, and, ent and enter for this week, uh, then this is what you need to do. So let me just scroll that down. So uh, we're looking for the hashtag make it final and the hashtag ozone9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. So the hashtag make it final, the hashtag ozone9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And if you enter that, you will be... Uh, drawn from the pool of people who entered you know who, who tweeted that that tweet and uh you could win a copy of nine advanced remember this isn't just the basic one it's the advanced one which gives you all sorts of extra features and is uh, a jolly good piece of hardware a piece of software so right uh what's next though so, uh so we've done the pro we've done that um i i i, I did want to mention this because there have been some rumors uh going around about uh apple uh, 
going to announce new ARM chips because, uh, as we've known for a long time, they're sort of as many manufacturers they're moving towards this kind of idea of convergence. And we've seen ARM chips in iPads and iPhones for some time, and they're looking like we might be starting to get ARMs in uh, laptops and whatnot. And uh, the WWC, which is the big developer conference where they generally preview a lot of their new technologies, happening uh, I think it's on the twenty second of June. So we'll find out for sure. But I mean. You know, you might think, yeah, yeah, whatever. But actually, this could be really big news, especially if you're a developer, because that's going to mean, you know, you're going to have to recode everything. Because we might, as we know, I mean, guys, you know, the, the, the iPads, they've got some awesome power. I mean, in many cases, they outperform. And we, we've we used, you know, we use iPads for editing video in the field. And, and in some cases, they work better than the actual laptop, which is bonkers. Uh, yeah. But yeah, 4K video, flying, flipping 4K around like nobody's business on my iPad Pro, you know compared to my Mac Pro, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so to back that up. Yeah. It could be, but there are less Pro apps being developed for, uh, unfortunately, for that whole business, which does mean that, uh, that there's going to be a bit of a lag. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, does this sort of thing fill you as a developer with dread? Because you just think, oh, God, an entire platform migration. <laughs> yeah, we have, um, I think, uh, with the new releases, I think we have something like about, 178 products or something like that and uh, to to convert all these and the infrastructure and all that um yeah but maybe you know maybe it brings new opportunities new performances so far the the problem with the um the problem was that those new chips the arm chips were more efficient in terms of energy consumption but less quick in terms of calculations um when you when you when you run it in uh, ios then the the os itself is much more streamlined and it's uh, designed for that chip so so it works more efficiently but if you're looking at the general purpose computer like a pc um then uh, then you have to 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 address more things and and more hardware potentially to be connected and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting move. I presume that there will be um, sort of uh, uh, some time of overlap where the, the, the new software will yeah. have to be com- still compatible with the Intel um Crikey, imagine. as well. So they'll be bloated yeah, out. But oh. it, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not going to be much fun, but uh, that's, that's, that's the way it is, you know. That's it is, the way it's it, interesting, it's always yeah. been. Yeah. Well, the other thing, Matt, I don't know if you use this, but uh, obviously, you know, a lot of people use um, Apple hardware, many other hardware as well, to to dual boot, to kind of, you know, where you use boot camp to boot into oh, Windows or, or Linux yeah. or whatever. And uh, that might well be something to suffer. I don't know. I mean, I guess to the end user, we just want it to be over, don't we, really, in many cases? Just get on yeah. with it. I mean, <laughs> I'm one of the very few who's actually upgraded to the latest OS, uh, Catalina. So I'm rocking that at the minute, and um, I've actually actually had no issues. Um, most, if not all, of my plugins are running, as far as I'm aware, and the systems are all, all good with me. Um, but I, I, I can't see myself needing to update anything hardware-wise for, for some time. My studio runs off this MacBook Pro, 32 gig of RAM, um, just fully maxed out, basically, and it, it just flies. Um, I guess the only thing for us end users is that are these dongles that we've still got to, I'm sorry to moan about that, but you know, just these dongles that you have to interface everything with now on all these, um, 
on all the USB-C USB. stuff. It's, it's yeah. just a little bit frustrating for me, really. Um, and I've had some of them break and damage as well. And the um, it's not, yeah, that's not great. Great, I don't think those kind of things. But that's just me just having a little bit of a moan. Sorry about that. Yeah, well, we'll we'll. Uh, I, I suppose that's the thing. It's like you know, any great chair. I mean, I think part of the reason that they're doing this, and probably other manufacturers thinking the same thing, it's about power consumption. You know, you ARM chips are much less power hungry. They scale as to what they're what they're asked to do. So the power consumption could be, you know, and everybody's thinking ahead perhaps to, you know, when resources might be scarcer, we all have to start thinking about that stuff, or at least that's the plan. I suspect it's probably more to do with the fact that Apple wants to use their own chips so that they basically are completely in charge of their own destiny at all times, I, you know, and that's that. I, uh, I'm suspicious though, you see, I think they're going to kind of lock out, you know, the app. they've been trying to, you know, they by bringing in the app store, I reckon they're going to close the door to software unless it's through the app store to make it function like a kind of ios device that's my suspicion and also would be a big motivation for them to go to that you know that type of uh you know which is an anathema isn't it to people who love computers and the freedom that computers offer that's my that's my yeah. fear you know uh, i they, think so I mean, they've been pulling code out haven't they to make it harder for people to uh, sell software directly to try and encourage people to go in and use the app store, you know, um, well, and all the all I, the security chip stuff, and you know, there's just yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder whether they will use this as some sort of you know kind of massive reset for the way Apple computers are. A bit, for, being, yeah, a bit. Apple. What what will also be interesting is how are we going to get these huge sort of highly, you know, they've just released, well, not just released, but the, the 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 top of the line Mac Pro is the most capable and most sort of powerful hardware in the world, probably. Uh, how are you going to then replace that with an ARM-based system? I mean, it's just sort of, it's, yeah, I mean, why would you? One, it's going to be years, thing, I think. It will, I it, think. One thing is is certain is that will it will cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah, oh, very hey. good. Very good, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a, a title contendant. <laughs> I was quite. I'm quite excited about the um, the the rumored Apple Glass, the glasses that they seem to be working on, which um, seem to be interface with your phone, so you can check messages and stuff like that. When it just all heads up display. Uh, yeah, you, but, well, you've uh, got you've got room in the frame there. You've got room in the frame there. Mine are a little yeah. bit thinner to to fit. You know, some pretty well, powerful computing and, and battery in there. Well, the, the, I think Apple's patented something as well recently where. Um, they can it matches your your lens requirements um as well within these glasses sort of oh what so it's so the lenses are configuring so that they will just sort of like that uh, you don't have to wear two pairs of glasses but further down the line i was just thinking you know when when i'm sure eventually it they'll interface these things with a computer in 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 more ways and maybe open it up so imagine you're you're there programming logic or whatever you you could be able to play your synths with one hand and then using your eyes at the same time to sort of move midi data around while you're playing would be really really cool so um yeah well yeah that's true or you're you're on a long car journey it's it's peeing with rain you didn't bring your charging cable you're driving through the night the batteries run out on your apple glasses and they default to not your prescription <laughs> i don't know i'm sure that wouldn't be the case um i'm just you know just sorry um I, I i don't really want to dwell on it but it's just an interesting bit of technological kind of uh change uh right so what have we got here this is i, I think i've got a video for this oh yeah ruben dax this is he's got an a to z of looping 
I just thought it was a great lockdown project. So this is F. He's up to F. One a day. And this is, see if you can guess what it is. I'm guessing you're probably thinking, yeah, it's fire, isn't it? Why are you being, how would I not know the answer to that? <laughs> it always starts by sounding like uh, Pink Floyd's money when people start doing this kind of thing, isn't it? <laughs> Doom, doom, Only doom, it's doom. not on seven eight. No, I'm yeah, not sure where it is. <laughs> What's that? I think it's a homemade. It's a homemade MIDI controller that looks like it's on a rotating cake stand. <laughs> Always a fan of those. We used rotating cake stand used to be the staple of our uh, of our. Ooh, and that looks like some roly blocks as well. Wow. Someone who figured out how to utilise them properly. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fun anyway. He's a very creative chap, and you know, it just seemed. I just thought, really, what a kind of what a brilliant idea for a lockdown project. And there are all sorts of, you know, that we've had a, a lot of discussions. For when we started out, everybody was kind of freaking out a bit. Is like, oh, if I'm not doing something, does that mean I'm not useful or relevant? And absolutely not. You know, you don't have to have something to do. I mean, there's no reason you could just be chilling, and that's totally fine. And I think people should use this time to chill and maybe reevaluate and come back and go. You know what? I really know what I want to do now, and it's not what I used to do for whatever reason. I'm just going to paste this into the chat room because. Uh, then it will be in the show link. Um, so, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of cool. I don't know, Gaz. Uh, you, you've got a looper. Why haven't you yeah. done an A to Z? Oh. Do you feel Do you feel deficient? <laughs> you feel <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. haven't done enough? <laughs> uh, what about what, what about a Chinese alphabet version, no, which has probably got way more characters? <laughs> He's gone. Oh, don't knock anything over. For God's I sake. Know. I just bought this. Oh, nice. Glo a Glock. A Glock, yeah. Um, and I've been making uh, sample loops, uh, making little loops up with it and then getting reordering all the loops. So getting kind of very Steve Reichy kind of stuff going on and then feeding it through. We're well, actually doing it through the Octatrack, but um, uh, I love I love it. <laughs> how does how does it trans how does it translate sample wise because it's a very when you're in the room with it it's very different mm. you know there's so many high transients and high harmonics can you catch well, all mean, of that i'm using a contact mic so it's sort of just taking a more of a sort of thuddy sort of tone off it um ah. but i have been doing it also with a, a pair of stereo mics as well um and it is yeah i mean it's got tons of high harmonics in it but um there is something about a Glock as well, which is super useful. If you're doing pop production or any sort of, every time a chord strikes, if you just pick a, a chord tone on the Glock and just, just a single strike just on the downbeat of a chord, it, it, it's, it's just like instant Beach Boys. You know, it's a beautiful, simple, simple technique to do. I mean, obviously, we've been doing it with samples for a long time, but... Um, it just gives it just give it just announces the chord in a beautiful way a glock does you know just sort of helps to define it Interesting. And, yeah i love Can the they, instrument uh, <laughs> is there such a thing as a bass glock <laughs> i wonder what the range, the effective range is of a glockenspiel because you get like concert marimbas don't you and concert yeah. xylophones do you get concert glocks or do the do that would the overtone be wrong over to I, you, yeah, you called, like, I, I think i think it's called a vibraphone Ah. I was going to say vibe. I think it turns into vibes, doesn't it? It's and the and uh, also, also, um, Gaz, I think that if you 
if you try hitting it with drumsticks or with anything, with spoons or whatever, just the, the wood part and let the tines ring, you get a re- really interesting kind of percussive uh, because, you know, the whole thing kind of resonates. And, uh, and especially if you then pitch it down, it sounds quite interesting. Like kicking mm-hmm. a piano. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. <laughs> kicking a, yeah, oh. that might be it. I'm going to put that down, like kicking a piano. That sounds like a good title as well. Uh, like yeah. kicking a piano. Um, I know, Matt, <laughs> the, the, I mean, the, quite often electronic artists will have like a single acoustic thing, like Ambira's get a lot of coal, contact mic stuff. Um, you know, the, mm. I forgot where I started from. There, wasn't there a point to those? It was looping, wasn't it? Are you a looper? Right, let's right. go, let's go well, back, rewind yeah, the I, topic. Yeah. Yeah, I've done. I mean, I've done. I've done loads of looping um, and and that kind of stuff using Ableton, using hardware, and um, I think the thing about live looping is that when you see a video like that, it's really entertaining because you're seeing, oh look, he's, he's making music from sampling a dishwasher and his dustpan and all that sort of stuff, and then it becomes musical. And I think that's one thing. But if you was to shut your eyes and listen to that piece of music its structure with a, with a lot of live looping i'm just generalizing here yeah the structure of it is just usually just build 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 con- da, 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 da. and a music piece it for me just gets very well repetitive one dimensional um, yeah whereas yeah if you go back and look at someone like uh one of our fellow um uh, stars on here, Jamie Liddell. You go check out one of his performances back in the day when he was when he was um, doing stuff with Warp. I think they did a night at the Barbican, and it's on YouTube, and you can see him. And I think he's using some stuff that he's built in Max MSP, and he's doing live loop, and he's using his voice and and all that kind of stuff. But what he does, he he adds loads of drops in, he builds stuff up, he adds reverbs and delays, and it just gets really big and wobbly, and then he can bring it back all in. And and that what is, is inspired me about live looping really. And you can listen to that performance with your eyes closed, and not really know it was really live looping, or or care for that matter, because musically it translates so so well. I think it's absolutely amazing performance. Well, that's interesting, though. I think that's partly because, I mean, he's not singing, and I think using the voice in live looping is incredibly powerful because it brings in a much more emotive thing. But I mean, he, he was using the loop. Um, looper in live it was on the screen behind him i think or certainly in a couple of the other ones which is quite a linear thing i mean if he was using some other you know uh technology then you can start Mm. to do a bit more of that and you know in many ways that's the holy grail isn't it because it's like Mm. do you want to wait for 64 bars for the for the the intro to be finished because it took that long to build you know so you know there are ways and means but this i just thought this is a really good idea I, I saw an amazing looper. I mean, it's really interesting what Matt was saying about that thing about making a dynamic arrangement on the fly. And the best I've ever seen, I think, is uh, Peter Broderick. I think he used to do stuff with uh, Efterklang. Um, but he was masterful in the way that he would use loops because he would often just bring the loop out completely and just and just play, you know, just um, and then just be playing a little bit more music and surreptitiously we'll just be grabbing a small bit from what he's just doing again, then start looping. And, you know, and then you do things like at the end of the song where everyone's clapping, you know, he just turns the mics onto the, onto the audience clapping and then he uses the audience clapping to build the rhythm of his new song, the, the next song that he builds. And um, oh, yeah. 
That's... It was, but it was it was the music was kind of like folky sort of music as well. So it was. Well, it's interesting. It, a lot of that stuff. I mean, because we've got you know, um, what's his face? Uh, who's the big multi-million selling uh, looping guy? Oh God, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, and also. Uh, <laughs> Oh god, there's there are, there are a number of them. I can't remember yeah. any of them at the moment. Katie Tunstall was, was probably one of the first mainstream yeah. people to really do that. Mm. Uh, but you know, the, her studio work was possibly not built uh, in that way. But she would, when she was performing live, she would do that. So yeah, and uh, mm. I know. I think it, yeah, I just think it, it's a good. It's quite a nice um, lockdown project, uh, which I suppose you know you could ask has anybody actually started and completed or doing a lockdown project. I mean, I don't think I have, so I don't, I don't feel like I'm kind of, uh, 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 Matt, did you, yeah. I met, you always have like massive lists of stuff that you're getting on I with. And it's, it's terrifying. But the thing is I lost my hearing at the start of all this uh, lockdown and it's only just only, it's about 80% back. So I've, I've got songs ready to go and record down, but I, I couldn't actually hear anything. So it was really, really frustrating for me more than anyone but just to reiterate what Nick said, I think it's really important for us to remember that just because we've been, what, nine, ten weeks into this lockdown, if you haven't finished a tune, if you've lost a bit of motivation, if you're doubting, oh, should I ever turn on my computer and make music again? Just forget about that. This is a hard time for everyone. And yeah, don't give I would a hard concur. Time. If, you're, if you've, and like some of us probably at the beginning of this lockdown thought, I'm going to get into meditation every day and we'll start a podcast. And we're going to da, 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 da. If you didn't do any of those things, it's absolutely fine. Give yourself a break. Yes, I would concur with that. And, uh, you know, we all find... Uh, we find a natural level. I mean, if you're a driven kind of person, sometimes you just need a break as well. So mm. you know, just go for that. But yes, good, a very good sentiment. Um, uh, let me. So, but yeah, that was. Uh, oh gosh, uh, what was his name? I'm just rolling back down. Ruben Dax. I want to check out his stuff. I, I posted the link in the show notes. I'll put it. I'll put that again, which is the playlist to his A to Z. Uh, in uh, that should go into the the, the chat live stream. Um, let's have a look. Uh, oh yeah, the T one is Euclidean. This was something that have we got time for this? Does anybody want to go to this as well? I'm just wondering over that. We've got this is the T one uh, Euclidean sequencer that was uh, launched on Kickstarter. Uh, Luke Pop, uh, as ever, got a first look at it. Um, but it's quite an interesting way of doing things. And I, I don't know how, because um, Euclidean is quite an interesting way of working. I, I personally find that whole idea of sort of creating polyrhythms by changing beat divisions and sort of that method doesn't speak to me personally, but I know it does work for a lot of people. I guess I'd come with you, Matt, because you, you set the link yeah. in and, you know, it's a very valid way of creating patterns and building up, uh, up yeah. things. I guess it almost harks back to my just my rant a second ago about, you know, losing motivation for making music. I just think tools like this, when they come out, can be really helpful just to inspire you again and just to motivate you again. So by plugging this in, as you'll see in the video... Hey. Um, yeah. Oh, God, go. I didn't realize he was talking. I beg your pardon. I didn't mean to uh, over. Yeah, no, you'll see in the video. I mean, it, you could just plug this in. You can use this to an external synth or software synth and just start generating melodies and patterns. Um, they could be percussive or they could be melodic. And um, and I just think it's a really quick way to get you inspired and moving on again, because often all it takes is just for us to just get um, a sound or a phrase or something like that. that. That's all we need just to start running and making music again. It's it's like when you watch um, 
an abstract painter and they go up, they need, they can't just work with a white canvas. The first line, whatever it is they do, that's what you start responding to. Mm. That makes what the next stroke's going to be, the next color, the next tone, the next shape. And that's all we need sometimes just to start generate music. Anyway, bit of a side rant there, but Good this analogy. looks pretty awesome. It's, it's a Kickstarter, right? So yeah. I think people can go and back it now. And I'd really like to see this come to fruition. I, I've, I've got the chord bot, which is it's, it doesn't generate patterns, but it just generate chords for people like me who who can't read and write music well good news i mean they're uh whatever whatever that is that's uh 300 wow. overfunded and uh they've still Brilliant. got almost a month to go i just maybe i'll just bring mm. up a bit of the audio we can have a quick mm. uh, listen to what for creative ideas our excitement for sharing the c1 has grown since day one now we only need your support to start production we hope that you'll back this project and make it come to life so it's essentially it's like a MIDI a MIDI controller with sequence. I don't know if it does stuff internally or whether it's got a software component to it. I probably should find that out. Uh, I think it's actually, uh, it's yeah. It, it, I think it's a standalone thing. So presumably you can update the firmware and stuff like that. I uh, know. Um, yeah. Do you kind of subscribe to the? It's almost like it's like running multiple sequences arpeggiators or whatever, and then just finding something that that somehow joins together that's clock related or you know. Is that a way that you like to work as well? Um, yeah, there's something there's something kind of cool about it. And there's the Sugarbytes Obscure, which is a, a plugin that kind of does something similar, which uh, which I bought and played with for a, a while, um, for a short while, a while ago. That's what I meant to say. The the only thing, and, and it has a really really nice sequencing capabilities. The only problem is that the synth engine is um is uh, yeah you can see from all these shapes it's really it's doing really kind of unpredictable but yet musical and you can quantize it to scale and things like that it's really cool the only problem that it runs the the synth engine is a very simple fm engine and it doesn't sound that well and when you try to to speed the midi out in order to get it into logic or something like that it becomes a nightmare with iac and things like that and it's ah. it's not you know it's not very solid but that that's uh, that's something uh that i actually when i when i first bought it i made a track just out of playing two notes and then created the whole track like a seven minute track based on these notes and uh it was quite impressive. I was quite impressed by, by what it can do. I managed to then sync it to, to make it uh, kind of send the MIDI to Logic so I can record it with all the manipulations I was doing in real time. But that was kind of a one-off because after that I couldn't make it to... Couldn't make uh, you do it again. It to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so repeatability. That was, that was quite I mean, the, we're all for randomness, yeah. but then you want to be able to repeat mm -hmm. the random setup, I suppose. But yeah, no, mm -hmm. well, I'm sorry to hear that. But yeah, very, very sorry. I don't know whether you've done gone Euclidean, uh, Gaz. Mm. Mm, well, the OP1 had, uh, that was my first experience of a of Euclidean sequencer. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, very interesting. I, I think. I think when the devices are kind of making music that's outside of what you could have come up with yourself, I think I'm always really interested in that. And and you kind of you're kind of shepherding it, you're herding it along, and being able to control it to a certain degree. But it's doing things. Um, actually, this fella here, the uh, 
the noodler ah that's yeah that's a, true ah yeah. yeah that's got a whole bunch of interesting things the lfos having lfos to send in lfos to um the actual key and the scale so you can make the you can make sort of you know if you put like a really sort of uh you know you put like a square wave and you can ha you can have it change with a really really slow lfo you can have it change key at certain times and uh but you know with that thing you get a whole load of stuff going on but then it starts to sort of take over and you're like like the mad scientist who brought something <laughs> to life that's like whoa what is this thing um and i like i love all of that i love that so i mean i reckon that i, I reckon this would do a similar thing there really what i didn't see on it because i didn't see uh, what what's the connectivity on it uh it's the, basically usb it. as far as i can tell it's just usb is it there's no it's just but a you could use uh you know one of these i suppose couldn't you because i the retro kits rko 006 which uh, i've yeah. been playing with i was i did a friday fun jam with this which was just oh, basically cool. connected the roly uh, mp mm. the roly seaball block directly to the yeah. uh modal uh argon am without any computer in the way i suppose this is yeah, the computer cool. effectively it's a it's a it's a midi host so speaking does. of sequences and randomization of that sort of thing since we've been on air electron major announcement for updates of the digitact and the digitone fantastic news actually because they, they've done the same thing that they've done with the analog heat in that they've made it uh, a class compliant dev device now so uh which is superb i mean and it works fantastically i have to say the way they've implemented it on the analog heat as a class compliant device you can you can use the analog heat processing any any way you want you can have it uh so ah. what you've got plugged in so i'm assuming you'll have a similar thing with the class compliant like I that you probably i'm, I'm guessing now with the digitact that you'll be able to use the effects um oh i see interesting audio interface. Uh, well yeah i'm not entirely sure but but it's got like uh, i think the Oops. conditions yeah, well, hold it, on this it. is one minute let's have a one minute so this is the uh, os updates so what's it uh, class compliant usb audio yeah step recording okay Play modes for the digitones. Okay, interesting. Okay, and of course, I don't know actually what that means. Uh, bug fixes by the looks bug of it. it was bug fixes. On a bug. Yeah. Ah, okay. I couldn't quite make it out. They they went a bit too low, a bit too eight bit for for my uh, my, <laughs> my poor brain. I couldn't join the dots. Okay. Well, no, no, nice call. That, that's mm. where always always good to have. Um, yeah. Well, okay. That trig preview. You know, I hope that comes to the analog four and rhythm as well. You know, the fact that you can just because you can use that in a performing way, can't you? With trig preview, then because you can essentially have all your 
trigs in there with all your um, trig conditions. Uh, I've glazed. Stuff. I never got that far into it. I was thinking because I've got a dig attack here somewhere mm. and I just haven't really, it, it always felt like a, oh, I'd like to play with it, but I'll have to learn it and I haven't got time to learn it to play with it. And it's just, yeah. Well, I think Matt, you're a dig attack user, aren't you, Matt? No, I've I've had Octatrax before um, because I, I went through a whole phase of I want to play out live without a laptop with the modular. Mm -hmm. So I spent a, a year working with uh, the Octatrack 2 in the end. Um, that was interfaced with the Expert Sleepers FH2 to get stuff into oh. here. And I, I quite like that. But yeah, uh, Nick's right. There is a learning curve on that. And Nick, if it's gathering dust, send it to me. I'll, I'll, I won't mind trying to learn that over mm -hmm. this lockdown period. I need, I need something new to get my mind into. I think that'd okay. be, actually, I recommend that anyone who's got an, um, a, a, an electron device sat under their bed, get it out and learn it under lockdown. This is a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the electron. Perfect for lockdown. Yeah. I'm not sure but, that yeah, tagline yeah. would ever take off, but you know, I guess is it's, that trig previews a little bit. I made a video about the Medusa, how you can on the grid, you can kind of, you know, you can use almost like the preset selector as a, as a way of um, playing it like an instrument, you know, because you, as you hit a pad, it'll sound and you can decide which note it is. And um, the circuit has got a similar thing as well, where you can do the sample, you go to the sample select and you can actually just sort of play. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you, can, you can automate the, the, yeah. Yeah, so like, you know, so I think that's going to be brilliant for Digitact users, you know, just because as I say, you can have your 16 steps all loaded with samples that have all got, um, you know, trig various, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, sample uh, trig locks and play it. So, uh, yeah, interesting, I think. Okay, well, uh, it feels like we're probably at a, 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 a good point to wrap things up. Um, I think we got through most things, but there's always a few lying around, but it's worth having a couple of topics in the bag. Gaz, you get, you, uh, you're doing a show tonight as well. You've been doing your the Gaz yeah. Williams show. Uh, who have you got tonight? So, yeah, I'm really pleased to announce that tonight I've got the frontman of Gong, um, Carvas Tarabi, who's also a the musical partner of Steve Davis, who was my guest on my last episode, uh, which is amusing for British people because he is a, a household International name. snooker player, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, I'm because uh, I've, been, I've been chronicling my uh, Eurorack um, um, journey, well, something very exciting has arrived that's going in the rack today. This is the Sea Devils filter from Suit and Tie Guy, STG oh. Sound Labs. And what this is, is the filter from the EMS, from this, the Synthi um, on the VCS3. I, I think it's, yeah, so it's a diode filter. Um, Interesting. Very, I can't wait to try it. I love the sound of the filter on the, on the VCS3. So, um, yeah, so that's going in. That's going Live. in the rack. What time? So what, time in... what time and where then, guys? <laughs> Go on, you get to plug it. Yeah, okay. Uh, so um, on, you can find my my channel on YouTube, uh, but I'll also be streaming on Facebook and on Twitch and on Twitter. Um, YouTube, I would prefer, though, and um, from 8 p.m. tonight, UK time. Okay, so look for Gaz Williams. There we go. I think that's it. It's the latest Gaz Williams show. You can see there's some stuff there. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Uh, well, uh, have a great show, and I uh, hope uh, I hope your journeys into streaming continue to be fruitful. Um, <laughs> and, and also, Mr. Yoad Nebo, thank you very much for joining us. Um, it's a pleasure as ever uh, to have your insight. Uh, you are you cracking on with something, or have you got the rest of the day off? 
Um, I'm in the middle of a mix and I'm just going to turn 90 degrees and continue. Carry on, my, hit uh, play. Carry on, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I'll bet what you're actually going to do is continue measuring for your mini log XD in the center section and prevaricate. That too. I'm not. <laughs> that too. I'll send you the measurements of the uh, the mini log and oh, hopefully that's they'll great. be the Thank same. You. Yeah, no problem. And uh, of course, Mr. Matt Hodson there in Brighton, uh, you got some streams coming up. Are you doing any uh, any stuff? Uh, yeah, I keep meaning to, uh, but with the hearing. Um, uh, been course, yeah. for, for a while but now it's coming back yeah and i'm getting so many emails and people badgering me to do some so as soon as i do I'll, I'll let you all know definitely but perhaps maybe as soon as next week even okay brilliant um, yeah brilliant. but yeah keep an eye out on my youtube channel i guess thanks excellent well thank you everybody for watching uh once again we want to say thank you to our uh our guests and to our friends over at isotope who have uh uh, provided the Ozone 9 Advanced, if you want to actually uh, enter to win uh, um, win that. I actually did that on the fly. I was going to do call it Just Finish It, but the the last four letters of that just didn't seem appropriate. So uh, you, think about it. So the, the hashtag is Make It Final, and the hashtag o, at Ozone 9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's a Twitter tweet. So with the hashtag Make It Final, one word, and the hashtag Ozone 9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And you can enter to win the competition. Uh, we want to say thank you very much to everybody for uh, watching. Thanks to all our friends in the chat rooms. I think we've got the uh, YouTube chat room. Oh, Oh, no, it's the wrong button there. That's the one I want. YouTube chat room and also IRC. Of course, you could join us every week. Uh, we've got more content coming. Don't forget, we've also got the uh, uh, Pulsar 23 uh, review that was out uh, on Monday. Review. Thank you. It was. It's kind of easy because it was so fun to do. So, uh, um, yeah, do great. check out all the content. Okay. So uh, that's it for this week. We'll switch to our little kind of uh, waving goodbye and we'll see. Oh, nice one. That sounds like <laughs> welcome to Valley Lines. <laughs> uh, right, Gaz and uh, Yoad and Matt, thank you very much. We'll see you all on the outside. Thank you. See you, everyone. Speak to you later. Okay, bye.